Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to talk about Lent. I'm getting all prepared for that. Now, before we begin, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure if you like this video, smash the like button. Comment down below. I'm happy to answer all the questions and comments and hear your critiques and the things you like and whatever, and get new topical ideas from you all. So anything you can throw in there, yeah, let's see if we can make more good content. Now, let's get going. Lent. Are you ready for Lent? Why do I ask? If you look outside today and you just walk down the street, go to work, go to the store, whatever, do you think the world is heading closer to Jesus Christ or farther away from him? And do you think Catholics are more informed than ever? Or more fervent than ever? Or stronger than ever? Or not? <laughs> and if that's the case, let's add in, do you see the world clearly aligning against Catholics and treating us exactly like Christ was treated by the Pharisees? Do you see that happening to Catholics everywhere in the world? Because if you don't, that means that perhaps we're not actually doing what we need to do to be in line with Jesus Christ. So, in the 19th century, middle, late 19th century, Dom Guerinje was writing because he was observing similar problems in the church that were just more subtle back then than they are today. Let's see what he had to say about that. He says, quote, The church sees this frightful decay of supernatural energy, but she cherishes what is still left by making her Lenten observances easier year after year. With the hope of maintaining that little and of seeing it strengthened for some better future, she leaves to the justice of God her children who hearken not to her when she teaches them how they might, even now, propitiate his anger. Alas, these her children of whom we are speaking are quite satisfied that things should be as they are and never think of judging their own conduct by the examples of Jesus and his saints or by the undeviating rules of Christian penance. So, what's he saying right there? So this is him talking about Lent. It's preparations for Lent in his volume that he has for Lent. And I'm not sure if you've ever read any of Dom Guerinje, but it's a stellar, stellar piece of work. He got through, I think, nine volumes before he passed away, and the rest of the monks in his abbey actually finished it up for him. But now you can actually buy it in hard copy for a few hundred bucks. Um, there's copies out there that are on Amazon that you can get for Kindle. And if you look at our blog, the Ecumen blog, we actually post his stuff daily. So you can read this here in another few weeks when we post it. Or you can look up the old ones from the previous year. But this is all basically quoting him. And I have a few more coming up. But with regard to what he wrote, how do we remedy this problem that he's observing? He's saying, hey, the church is getting less and less strict in all the things she's prescribing for how we prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ on Easter and the resurrection specifically, how we prepare for his resurrection. And we're not necessarily sharing in his suffering that he has leading up to that moment. We're not sharing in his sufferings as he's being persecuted. We're not sharing in his sufferings on Good Friday. Um, where are we? What are we doing? Well, we're kind of floating out there in the wind. And Garen Jay is telling us maybe we should start turning and going back home, come back to the reservation, come back and be with Jesus Christ, because now more than ever, we need him in all of his glory. We need his body, blood, soul, and divinity that is offered in the mass. So we need the grace that comes from mass. We need the sacraments. We need devotion to Jesus Christ, to his mother, to the traditions and teachings of this church that are timeless, that stand against all the weird corruptions of the world that try to make us think that the here and now is more important than the, than the eternity that follows, right? That all those are, eh, 
they're challenging us right now. So we need penance. So penance, Lent. Hmm. Maybe that's what Garen J. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to lax the, <laughs> the actual penance is mandated by the church and we keep walking away from Jesus Christ and his sufferings, thinking that everything's going to get better. And we just ignore the fact that God is really angry with how things are turning against him on this earth. We're in for a world of hurt. So how do we go and fix that? Then we turn back to him. Because perhaps this Lent, right now, the one coming up here in the next few weeks, perhaps this is the time that we turn this Lent into the best Lent you or I has ever had. We look at this Lent as the time to do what we can do to bring ourselves, our families, our parishes and friends closer to Jesus Christ and suffer with him, to be more like him and less like the world, more like the divine and the eternal and less like the fleeting natural existence that this corrupt place is here in which we live. So we are witnessing that natural corruption hit inside of the church. We're watching confused doctrines, confused prelates, confused parishioners and laity. We're watching divisions in our theology, so confusion as to which right we should be practicing and how we should be doing it and whether or not we should do old ways or new ways. We're seeing different, not only liturgies and theologies, uh, we're seeing people actually with, with collars and without preaching heresies, spoken as truth as if we all are supposed to comply with those heretical actions and those heretical ideas. And we can't. We're seeing our prelates support fifth and sixth commandment violations in multiple avenues right now. And even though they're not ordering us necessarily in every single instance to do something, they aren't standing in the way. And by that action, it is a sin of omission if we allow the people in our midst to support things like infanticide, things like disordered and impure relationships, all of that comes across not only then from the, we watch one group of people sin, but when we start supporting it or we don't actually get in the way, we now are getting dangerously close, if not have fallen into sins of omission and now share blame. The world looks like it's sitting on the edge of the abyss with things about to go insane if we look at how the world politic, the ideas and the practices, behaviors, whether it's stuff on TV, we're talking stuff on the radio, or we're talking the way businesses are operating, we're looking at governments and how they're treating their people, we're talking about how people treat each other, people don't treat each other well at all. All of this is just fever pitch. And in the grand scheme of everything, we're supposed to be not focusing on all of it. It's a very loud, shiny distraction that is keeping us from looking to where we need to be looking, which is to heaven above the gateway to heaven being death, yours and my death. It's the only way we're going to get to see Jesus. And then the question becomes, how did we live here? Because that's going to affect what our judgment looks like. Are you ready for that judgment? Because if you're not ready for the judgment, and there's a chance he's going to tell you, be gone from me, you worker of evil. You let other people blaspheme my name and you did nothing. You let other people murder each other and you did nothing. You let other people violate all manner of sacred bonds of marriage and fake, mock the bonds of marriage with all manner of relationships that are absolutely ill-conceived and just downright, just, just 
intolerable. His words, whatever they will be, will be heavy for all of us. Are you ready to hear them? And are you confident he's going to say you did everything possible in your life? You woke up every minute of every day to defend his glory and his teachings and to tell everyone why we needed to be preparing for death. Or will he tell you something else? Because if he didn't say, yes, you did everything right, then we have a chance our judgment doesn't go well. So right now, what we're looking at then is a need for us to focus on Jesus Christ, focus on the sacrifice, the penance, all the pain that he suffers in his passion and in his agony, so leading up to the passion, and what he does on the cross, right? So again, that's part of the passion, but all that pain, have you considered the pain that he went through, and are you doing what needs to be done to be with him and intimate with him so that you can feel how he felt and know that we have a lot of work to do? That's what Lent is for us. And if we're supposed to look toward death, our gateway to the afterlife. And we're supposed to think about all of the things that we've done, the sufferings of Jesus, the gifts he's given us, the grace, the commandments, the traditions of the church, staying unified despite the entire world telling us not to do Christian things. Which means telling people whenever they are not actually in the church, telling people when they actually have done wrong, knowing that we have an obligation to teach people and bring them out of error, and we cannot bring them out of error into the light, into the teachings of Jesus Christ, unless we're willing to sit there and say, look, you crossed the line, you are not doing something that is commanded by Jesus. In fact, it's actually supported by the powers against Jesus. That's why the world likes you when you say all that stuff. They're okay with it. If they're okay with what you do, that should be a huge indicator we're going the wrong way. So if we're focusing on death and the judgment that lands us in heaven because we chose to be with Jesus, that means we have a lot of work to do. Lent is that time for us to do it. How do we do it? What is Lent about? Garen Jay is talking about what happens in Lent. And in Lent, he tells us the following. We have separated ourselves for a time from the pleasures and vanities of the world. Jesus withdraws from the company and sight of men. We intend to assist at the divine services more assiduously and pray more fervently than at other times. Jesus spends 40 days and 40 nights in prayer, like the humblest suppliant, and all this for us. We are going to think over our past sins and bewail them in bitter grief. Jesus suffers for them and weeps over them in the silence of the desert, as though he himself had committed them. And Garanjay continues, Now penance consists in contrition of the soul and mortification of the body. These two parts are essential to it. The soul has willed the sin. The body has frequently cooperated in its commission. Moreover, man is composed of both body and soul. Both, then, should pay homage to their creator. The body is to share with the soul either the delights of heaven or the torments of hell. There cannot, therefore, be any thorough Christian life or any earnest penance where the body does not take part in both with the soul. So what is he saying? If Christ walked in the desert for 40 days and nights and didn't despair, you and I can do this along with Jesus Christ and his grace. We can go into the desert and make sure that our bodies and our souls are ultimately tormented in a capacity through our penances to sit there and say, we don't want the comforts of this world. And it's okay if we're a little colder and we're a little hungrier and we're a little more tired because in the end, Anything we do to ourselves in any of these penances will pale in comparison to what Christ went through in the desert, and even more so what he did in the garden, and even moreover beyond that, we will never fully grasp the depths of the pain that 
Christ suffered in his passion and on the cross. The closest we can get is in Lent, in penances, when we add more prayers and we start doing all the other things involved. What are the things? We're talking about how we make our bodies, bring our bodies into line with our souls, bring our souls into line with God. So all together, body and soul in alignment with God. That means what we're talking about here is penances, which must include fasting and abstinence. Abstinence from things like meat or things that we enjoy that we would almost say maybe we're addicted to. That if it goes away, we're going to be really angry and we're going to be really frustrated. We have to learn how to be without those things because in heaven, they won't be there. We're not going to have these crutches. We're not going to have these natural limitations that we lean on in order to feel a little bit better. Try to fill the hole that we have inside all of us, that hole that is actually the size of infinity that only God fits into. We cannot replace God with things. We cannot replace God with experiences. We cannot replace God with other people. Our job now is to say, how do I take what's in my body, what's in my soul, and focus all of it on God? That means I have to start cutting out the things that are trying to fill that infinite spot that are making me distracted. This is just what we do. This is what Catholics have done for 2,000 years. It has become way more lax over the past 50 or 60 and as Garen Jay is telling us, even over the past 150 years, 160 years, but we can do it because Christ's grace empowers us to do so successfully. So fasting and abstinence, key in our Lenten experience. And why are we supposed to do penance like this? Because it hurts. Ah, who likes penance? Ugh. From a spiritual standpoint, we learn to like it. But from a physical standpoint, it is always going to be painful and somewhat intolerable. But why do we do it? Jesus says, unless you do penance, you shall all perish. That's pretty frank, all things considered. That's Luke 13.3. All right. Also, if we read in Matthew, he is talking about John the Baptist there. So Matthew 11.12, where he says, only the violent conquer heaven. Now, what violence is this of which he speaks? Well, if we go to Haydock, the Haydock commentary, he talks about it and the quote, suffereth violence, etc. It is not to be obtained but by main force, by using violence upon ourselves, by mortification and penance, and resisting our perverse inclinations. Certainly, it is great violence for a man to look for a seat in heaven and to obtain that by his virtue which is, was refused him by his nature. When he talks about the kingdom of heaven, here's the rest of the quote. The kingdom of heaven, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven is to be obtained by mortification, penance, poverty, and those practices of austerity, which John the Baptist, both by word and example, pointed out. All right. So we see the depth of what that doing violence to conquer heaven means from Jesus's mouth. So this Lent, do you guys want to join me in making your Lent a little more difficult? a little more painful, make it sting just a little bit more because in the end, it's worth it. Because if this life hurts, honestly, the more it hurts for the glory of God because we're trying to bring Jesus in and we're trying to help others find Jesus and help them through their suffering and their toils so we can get to Christ, it's all worth it when we hear the judgment from Jesus Christ say, yes, come with me, you're into my kingdom, right? Just like he says to dismiss. We can be with in this day in paradise kind of thing, right? That's what we want. So in terms of what we're supposed to do, 
Remember, Canon 1249 through Canons 1249 through 1251 include the divine law that binds all Christian faithful to do penance, especially during the season of Lent, and specifically 1251, where we see the penance of avoiding meat on all Fridays, year-round, most especially on Good Friday, and also we include Ash Wednesday into this mix of abstaining from meat. All right? That's a relatively easy one. And the question is, can you, are you willing to join me in doing more than the minimum? Can we choose to do a penance more difficult than the normal, more difficult than even maybe your pastor is talking about giving to the rest of the parish? Perhaps maybe you can say, we go with me only on Sundays in Lent, and we go without the rest of the time. Maybe we can say, hey, let's add another rosary, another five decades of the rosary. Maybe we pray prostrate, so on the ground, or we lay down. Maybe we kneel when we pray. Maybe we eat less food. We fast during the days. What do you want to do? We have all those options. You can choose. Everyone can choose. If your priest is more of a traditional tilt, he can help you get something that's meaningful to you and to God that gets you more sorted out to focus on the divine, focus on God and heaven, and less on the natural. We can do that, right? So, as we think about all this and we prepare and we plan and we build up what our Lenten plan looks like, and this can include making sure that on the feast day, like the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th, maybe we go to Mass and we don't do all the penances because it's a celebratory day. That's an option too. Make your plan work for you in a way that gets you closer to God than you've ever been. That's our opportunity right now. So, Garen Jay tells us in terms of, you know, why we do this? Because in the end, we're going to be with Jesus. And he says specifically, During these 40 days of penance, which seem so long to our poor nature, we shall not be deprived of the company of our Jesus. Right? In our penances, we're getting closer to him. We're sharing in his pain. He becomes way more intimate with us as we ultimately get closer and closer to understanding what he went through for us. And he would have gone through all of that pain, all of that torment, all of the offenses against him, if it had only been for just you. He would have done it for one person, let alone the fact that he did it for all of us. And he suffered more than enough to buy every single soul back, even though most souls reject him. So now, are you going to be one of the souls that rejects him? Or are you going to be one of the souls that accepts him? And if you're going to accept Jesus Christ, are you going to do as he commands and do penance so that we may see heaven? Are you going to do violence to yourself in a controlled fashion for the glory of God, it has to still be temperate. It has to still be charitable. It has to be faithful. If we lose one virtue, all the rest of the virtues fail. We have to try to be completely virtuous while we go into our penance. Are you willing to try to do that? This is the love of Christ that Paul talks about, that St. Lawrence Justinian talks about. And so one of the things he, so let's look at Lawrence Justinian first, all right? When he's talking about doing works, because again, we don't do good works by ourselves. Good works are only possible with the grace of God. So when we accept God's grace into our lives, only then can good works be done. Because in the end, God is using us as a medium, a mechanism, a tool to get his goodness into the world. If we do that with a sour face and angry, and we're doing penances this Lent, and just, oh, I'm so mad, this is so painful. If we're going to do that, we're going to lose a bunch of the graces we could have otherwise received for that penance. 
And there's a chance we don't get any of the grace because our anger and our sour behavior or demeanor ruins not only us, but then other people see us scowling and see us angry and they're like, whoa, I don't think I'd want to do that at all. We don't want to do that. And so what does Lawrence Justinian tell us about how we carry ourselves? Well, he says, God places more value on goodwill in all that we do than on the works themselves. Therefore, whether we give ourselves to God in the work of contemplation or whether we serve the needs of our neighbor by good works, we accomplish these things because the love of Christ urges us on. All right. Are you urged on by the love of Christ? Are you willing to have a smiling face when you're in pain? Are you willing to have a smiling face when your stomach is empty? Are you willing to have a smiling face when you're doing things focused on God and not this world and putting more emphasis on him? Because this is the love that Paul talks about in Colossians 1.24. We, this Lent and Easter, need to be joyful while we get closer to God, while we are in pain and suffering as the world continues to turn away from God, you and I have the opportunity to turn toward God. And we can hopefully make amends. We can make up for what other people have done. We can do reparations for our sins and the sins of others, especially the sins of our family members, the sins of our parishioners, our fellow parishioners, and our friends. All of that is an opportunity for us. Do you want to do that? Because we can be lights, beacons of light in a mournful and dim period that is Lent, in that we reflect on all the harm and offense done to our Lord by his adversaries and how you and I contributed to each one of these offenses. So let us, this Lent, mortify ourselves sufficiently to prepare for Calvary, because each of us needs to end up being on Calvary with Jesus on our own cross, okay? We're preparing for heaven through the purification and holy penance prayers, and reflection so that we can be with God at the end. So take out a little bit of time now, minutes, maybe hours, all right? We can make this a great Lent. And so with all that to consider, are you ready to make this Lent the best one ever so that we can atone for all the evils of the world possible and make it a better place? Even if it's only in our own little little area, our little, little postage stamp of space here, can we make it better so that God would be merciful to us for what we've given back? Merciful to our families, merciful to our parishes and our friends, merciful to our church, and ultimately our prelates. We want better prelates. This is the only way to get better prelates. All right? Are you all with me? Do you need any help in this? If you need help or you have questions in terms of, hey, what do I do in Lent? How do I make this the best one ever? I'm thinking about X. Here, throw the comments down below. Happy to help more. All right? We can go and have a dialogue back and forth. I could probably point you to some resources, whatever it takes. All right. I'm happy to help you. I want to make sure that we all do this together because we're in this, a team, subjects of Jesus Christ, faithful Catholics, loving Jesus in everything we do. And we can make this Lent not only painful, penitential, but joyful and fruitful toward God. All right. Hopefully that all makes sense. If it doesn't, like I said, comments down below, happy to Put them in there. Make sure to tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. If the video helped you, smash that like button. Share the video everywhere. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you for everything and for all of your time. I will see you next time. And uh, in the meantime, may God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right. See you later.